Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, uh, the podcast that very much takes warnings about health and safety very sensibly and very carefully. Uh, my name is Chris and uh, I'm your host as always, or most of the time anyway, and uh, I've got two guests this evening. Uh, I have from left to right, Mr Rich Allen. Hiya Rich. Good evening. And I have on my right hand side, Philip B. Hello Phil. Hi. How are we both? Are we are we are we um are we staying safe and secure and you know as diligent as ever? I'm 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 on mandatory working from home policy until the sixth of April, so I think my mental health is going to take a massive dive. But needs must. We do what we've got to do, I suppose. Yeah, are you much the same, Rich? Have you been confined to home? Uh, no, 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 no. We're we're still. At the moment, we're still in in work. Um, for how long, I've no idea. No. Um, but very much as as with most of the UK, it's do what you want to do, really. Yeah, yeah. Take your own sort of precautions and do your own, make yeah. your own decisions. Essentially, yeah. Well, I um, am so happy I am in France right now. Can imagine. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, we will. Um, we will probably come back to that subject. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you may have been living under a rock. But of course, this um, virus that is spreading throughout the world now, seemingly, is, is causing havoc throughout um, European and world football and sport and life in general at the moment. So we will probably address that a little bit later on in terms of how it affects the of France. But we are going to talk about the football that was played, first of all. Um, and we will start with uh, last night's game where uh rich um psg finally didn't bottle something they um they still made a little bit of a, a pr blunder which we may come to afterwards but um they more have one than the, one yeah more than you one i'd yeah. say probably fair to say but they came through it um what was your thoughts rich a 2-0 victory over Borussia dortmund enabling them to go through 3-2 on aggregate, all of our uh, all of our drama in the first leg that we bitched and moaned and complained about. What do we know, hey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, look, let's 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 start with the positive then, shall we? Because this this was a. I mean, I I fear for PSG. I thought, I mean, just before game, I was tweeting out that there is an endless stream of things going against them. Some well and truly out of their hands. Some their own doing. Um, so I did fear the worst for them. Um, Saying that, I was come out 90 minutes later, and from a performance perspective, I'm very impressed. Um, you know, knowing they had to get a goal, they came out, uh, they controlled, I think, the majority of that first half, plenty of movement. Uh, Neymar looked pretty focused, and Bappe hadn't quite been um, in a position to, to take a starting spot. His sore throat and lack of training confined him to the bench for the first half. So I think I was I was impressed. Um, first half especially, I thought Neymar um, ran the show for large parts of that, and I was I was, you know, it's the first time really we've seen Neymar sort of show what he can do when it comes to the knockout stages. He's played bits before, um, but I think he sort of I got the feeling that he relished that that role of with certainly with no Mbappe in the team. It, he was very much taking the team forward. They got the goals. It was, a, as I said at the time, absolutely classic trademark header from a corner from Neymar. Um, of all the goals he scored, I, I don't think many would have predicted him knocking one in uh, with a diving header from a corner. And then Juan Bernat, the, the sort of unassuming, quiet, forgotten, slightly unappreciated man that Juan Bernat is, um, got the second on the stroke of half-time. So... Half time, you know, jobs are good, and you know they've they've played really well. They pushed um, Borussia Dortmund hard, limited their chances. There was one or two efforts from Dortmund, but nothing particularly um, unnerving for PSG. And then in the second half, um, you know, Borussia Dortmund certainly came out stronger, but again, I think PSG controlled that pretty well. There was a slightly silly um, melee, shall we say, handbags <laughs> over absolutely nothing really. Um, on the on the on the touchline, it was it wasn't even on the pitch. It was uh, the benches were involved, players were involved. Yellow cards were shown. Di Maria picked up a silly, silly yellow card, which I believe will keep him out of the first yeah. leg of the next game. So that that's in terms of the performance, that's that's the only block. But 
I was very impressed with PSG on on the pitch. I think um, the performance they put in really, really did, um, you know, limit how much. Certainly, if you look at Haaland, obviously was the key man for for Dortmund, the danger man for Dortmund. Um, they really did isolate him. He was really fighting for absolute scraps. Uh, they were on players like Sancho incredibly quickly. Again, limiting the impact and the the, the space for him. So, I, I, yeah, I can only say it again. On, on the pitch, very, very impressed. Yeah, yeah, well said. What, what did you make of it, Phil? That, I mean, as, as Rich touched on there, they were impressive. They did do the job yeah, required. And definitely. it was a solid performance. I think... Um, one thing, I mean, my notes say actual defence. Um, it was nice to see uh, a defensive effort that came from the front. And I think Cavani's presence is key to that because he's someone who, however much he wants to go forward and wants to shoot and wants to score, is very conscious of his responsibilities going back as well. And having Marquinhos and Kimbembe in the central defence, i.e. no Thiago Silva, meant they did look more solid. Um, what was, is really kind of, from the stats point of view, um, uh, Mike Cayley's uh, analysis, the XG was 1.2 for PSG and 0.4 for Dortmund. They basically didn't get off anything useful. Haaland didn't have a shot. He had two touches in the box. As Rich said, he was shot down very effectively. So while the shot stats are 8 to BSG, 11 to Dortmund, the on-target shots were 4-2. It was very much that it was weak stuff from Dortmund as they they tried to, to kind of push through. And so I think it was um, a very solid team performance. And as Rich said, Neymar was part of that team rather than being eh, whatever. But yeah, the um, diving header, I think, was a surprise for everyone. Not yeah. used to seeing him do that. But um, moving back to the 4-4-2 from the 3-4-3 that kind of didn't quite work in the first leg, it just looked more solid. Everyone looked more comfortable, and they did. They they did very well. And I think the uh, kind of mild handbag fight situation around the 86th minute when Cam was sent off, Neymar was booked for reacting badly to Cam, you know, basically knocking him over. And then whatever Di Maria was doing, I don't know. Um, it's all... Again, there's always still a little bit of eh, what happened because obviously this game can't be read without noting that it was played in an empty stadium, which mm. was bizarre. At one point, I think when um, Dortmund bought their last um, sub, uh, um, they bought took Witzel off, there was... One of their staffers uh, seems to be a Brit because someone was yelling in English, leave it, leave it, leave it. And we're like, what, what, what is going on? Um, but yeah, the fireworks from outside the stand. I don't know whether Dortmund, because Dortmund seems weak as kittens, whether they're so used to having a stadium that is on fire. Um, yeah whether it's for or against them meant when it wasn't there, they didn't have anything to kind of bounce off. And I think was... it was very odd to see them so toothless. But um, as we said, it was a, it was a good approach of um, kind of shutting them down. But yeah, I, I think like you say, like the, the lack of atmosphere was, it was a, a thing that I, I actually thought would affect PSG more. But it turned out to be the opposite in the end. Yeah, um, they, well, they, I, I, they I were for, okay for, for PSG, what I, what I quite liked, uh, there will be many that will debate how wise or unwise those PSG fans were. Thousands of PSG fans that congregate outside the ground. Obviously, with everything that's going on, yeah, there will be question marks. But I, you know, I, I for one think, look, they, they've made the decision, leave them, leave them, 
let them let them do it. Ultimately, yeah. I didn't agree with with putting the you know the big screen up. That that's I don't. I well, didn't there wasn't a big screen, and that's no, no. I'm saying, but they but they they, they, they made the, they made the, <laughs> they made the request for a big screen, and and it, it was all turned down. And I'm, I've got no problem with that. But I for one thought actually, you know what they for for a stadium with no fans in the ground, there was still an atmosphere. Mm. You know, you could hear yeah. them fairly clearly. I don't know if that's just because we were obviously watching on the TV and microphones might be able to pick things up a bit better, but... No, I think, was, the, I think the still, amount of, of explosives they were setting off, you could hear that in the ground, definitely. Hmm. And, um, and, and then afterwards, the, you got Kazawa going out to meet all of them, which possibly wasn't the best decision hmm. he's ever made, and we all know he's made some shocking decisions in his time. So, yes, it was... Um, it was an interesting one. Um, I I did wonder whether, you know, Di Maria, because, of course, his booking on the bench means he'll miss the first leg of the quarterfinals. And then he goes postal and basically nearly falls off uh, the ledge on the third tier of the Parc de France. Um, French TV were going, oh, that's dangerous. Oh, stop him, somebody. Um you know, he's hoping maybe people will forget. I just got a needless yellow card, which rules me out the next match. Um, but yeah, the whole... Let's talk about the celebration, because lots of people are taking the piss. Like, they look like they've won. Well, this, they, were so, they were so big on that. This is, what, this is What do we think about that? And also the taking the piss out of Harland celebration. Well, this is what Which I don't really as understand. Deeply uh, childish. Why, why is... Uh, I think, Rich, did you tweet this? I th I've certainly seen a, a couple of people tweet about this. And I, I, th I think it was, it was either you or Jez. I can't remember which, so hopefully it was you. Um, basically said that, that, you know, don't spoil it now, guys, essentially. You know, you, you yeah. put in a brilliant performance. Um, I was all on their side until they started acting like toddlers. Yeah, what, why, what, what, what is, what is that about, Rich? Do you think is it, is it an ego thing? Is it, is it a thing of, is it, is it just sort of a look? We're PSG, we can do what we want. Was there something that I didn't know about? Because I just thought it was a celebration. I mean, well, I'm all mocking, but you know. Well, there was there was after the um, first leg. Um, I, I don't know I, whether PSG players, fans, whatever, thought Haaland's celebration was just something personal against them, but it's clearly not. Mm. Um, there was some, you know, Twitter nonsense from the official accounts. And, you know, there, there, there's been, at that level, you know how modern football clubs are in terms of the Twitter accounts becoming more, dare I say it, it's a word I hate, more bad. Yeah. I, can't, I can't stand that word. No, but there, there was something there, but there was a chance here. PSG had just put in a really, really good performance. There was a chance it be the bigger team. Let the let the Twitter account take care of that nonsense. You just be the bigger team. You put in a really good performance, which is essentially silent, silent. He's probably silenced some of the critics that PSG get that you know they're these chokers these bottlers they have they've, they've come out and they've performed really really well and then well it happened actually after the Neymar goal Neymar went and celebrated with Mbappe yeah. and that was all fine and, and great and then he goes and does Haaland's celebration then and I was a bit like okay Richard just keep calm keep calm let him do it he wasn't picked up massively by the cameras there was little clips of it here and there but just forget about it and then at full time we then get all this nonsense we get the the, the Haaland celebrations on the pitch I can't stand it I think it makes them look so petty it completely undoes all that good work that they've done on the pitch if that's not enough we then see um, them doing it in the dressing room and Mbappe and Neymar putting it on on um, you know live streaming it on Instagram and things like that it's just we don't need to do. We saw the celebrations with the you know on the ledge with the fans. I've got no problem with that. That's that's oh, great. Yeah. If you want to celebrate, yeah. I, no, I've got no problem with it. The fans I like are that. there. No, why not, why not enough, celebrate? It all looked lovely, but again, a lot of people are saying 
it makes it look like they think they've won the whole thing. They're through. Well, it's a big step finals. for PSG. They, yeah. They've had they've had two seasons, no. two three seasons now of being knocked out at this of... stage, and they've they've taken a lot of stick for that. Mm. I will give them that. They've taken a lot of stick for the manner in which they've sort of quite meekly gone out at this stage when far more is expected. I've got no problem with that part of their celebration in the slightest. The part for me is obviously the part that's now being plastered yeah. across the media, social media, everywhere of the and bloody Harlan celebrations on the pitch, in the dressing room, and it just completely ruins everything. PSG what I think came, in, was... came in with a bit of an iffy reputation they perform really well great they just ruined it again and now that's all everybody's talking about psg and they've ruined it and it's their own doing they didn't need to do it no. i think um one thing i think you mentioned was look at this picture of them all doing it post-match where's cavani mm-hmm. and he's not there because you're yeah. thinking maybe he's He's a bit more of an adult. He's the adult in the room here. Um, you saw that also with the celebration on the ledge, where I think Mbappe and Neymar are basically being, they've got the back of their shorts is being held onto by security guards who look really fucking worried. And Cavani just comes up and goes, let's get down. Um, he does clearly seem to be the adult in the room in the uh, PSG dressing room, bless him. So... Uh, Bad the problem, the problem that I have with with the way they celebrate, and I, I must admit, I'm with you, Rich, in terms of the 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 sort of the after the game um, on the ledge. I'm, I'm fine with that. Some some fantastic photos, you know, and and given the circumstances and the fact the fans weren't allowed in, I thought it was a nice way of almost giving back to those fans that, yeah. rightly or wrongly, turned up. What I kind of have an issue with is, as you say, it's it's the arrogance and it's how it makes them look. They're already disliked, and let's just say now that they they go obviously they're through. Let's say they draw Barcelona, right? Just for argument's sake, and they get absolutely hammered, or I mean, draw whoever, and they get absolutely hammered. Um, they're setting themselves up for a fall. Um, Levan Kozawa against Sweden esque, you know, where you when you do that, you have to be. <laughs> hundred percent sure that you're going to win you know win the trophy and fair enough if they go and win it nobody will say anything but if they don't that will be the first thing that will come up um and i just think that that's that's where you've got to be a bit careful and and i get the modern generation is that uh, you know obviously the club i follow that that we got a lot of stick for posting post-match selfies you know in groups in the changing room you know if, if that's the way what players want to do it's not my cup of tea but yeah why not you know but I just, I just don't. I just think that that was, a, like you said, Rich. I think maybe the better way to do it would be yeah. celebrate it, the victory and move on. You know, it mm. just left an unnecessary sort of sour taste. Really, mm. it did for me. It just, it, it felt entirely unnecessary. You know, I'm celebrate the performance, celebrate the win, celebrate yeah. the fact that you've got through. You know, the the sort of hurdle if you like the, the, that's 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 burdened you over the last few seasons celebrate that definitely but there was no need to celebrate it in that particular manner to target that particular player and I've seen someone I can't remember who but I've seen someone say hey if this if this ultimately is what triggers a 10-year Mbappe v Haaland rival to to go along with Messi Ronaldo then it's probably been for the greater good, but you know, it's, it, 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 yeah. ju- it, for me, it just felt that it was, it was something that they, they didn't, they really didn't need to do. I'm yeah. just waiting for the quarterfinal. If whoever scores against them doing that celebration against them. That's the issue. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, as, they're, asking, they're asking for someone to come in and do Mbappe's celebration. Yeah. 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 That's what they're asking. That's what they're <laughs> screaming out for is for, in whoever it is that they Scraps. come up against yeah. um, you know it's asking for Lewandowski when they play Bayern in the next round to you know put a hat-trick against them and yeah and back yeah. a celebration wherever the game is played if the game yeah. is played if the game is played, yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's that's the thing is that I remember um, I remember that iconic image of Mbappe when he scored for Monaco on his knees in front of the yellow wall. You know, that's the sort of thing mm-hmm. you want to be remembered for. That's the sort of celebrations you want to remember. This one, not so keen, um, but nevertheless, you know, credit where credit's due. I thought um, professional is not always a word I've used 
for PSG, but in terms of their performance, yeah. um, I thought it was very good. And, and some some players I thought went under the radar. I thought Pablo Sarabia was quite very effective. Idrissa Gay was was very good once again, and they needed him. To he, be. he misses he misses the next uh, he misses yeah. the first leg as well. And that's that'll that's be a big a, big miss. Yeah, Verratti I guess will come back, but whether that's a bonus or not at the moment. <laughs> Just to start um, picking up the bookings for his next. Adventure. Yeah, for his next adventure. <laughs> um, and I also thought uh, when Bernat, as you said, Rich, went under the radar a bit. He's he's quietly gone about his job. I actually thought Kimpembe and Kera were were pretty decent mm. on the night. Um, but the, the one keep silver out of the picture, and everything seems to just well. This 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 is the work a lot better. This is the one other thing I wanted to bring up. That the one for me that is head and shoulders above everyone, and I don't know whether it's because of the the fact that the you know you could hear the atmosphere and you could hear the shouts. But Marquinhos for me is just mm. th- yeah. this no, is a he's guy just who's good. Yeah, I but mean, in central defence, he's good. But central defence, right back, defensive midfield. He's been shifted around everywhere and he's done a good job everywhere. Mm. And I think it's just because he is a very committed player and maybe it's easier for him to, in a sense, be the senior next to Kimpembe than the inverted commas junior next to Silva because he's clearly better than both of them. Yeah. I, th- I think, but I think he's, he's, having he's, he's, the inverted commas junior tag on him must be a little bit awkward. So I think, in a sense, Silver being out and Kimbabu being in, Kimbabu has his issues. Um, Marquinhos just has the freedom to be um, uh, the player he knows he is without having to, in a sense, defer to anybody. He can point and yell and shout and, and order people around. And I think he's actually very good at that. I saw him in Toulon tournaments, God knows how many years ago, uh, doing that <laughs> for the Brazil under-20 team, basically pointing and shouting and ordering people around. So, uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a good sign. I hope that Silva has a niggling, annoying, but not awkward injury for yeah. And he, and I think where Silver has been has been really good is the fact that he's been in that that sort of situation where he's been able to bring bring through Marquinhos when he was a younger player, sort of in terms of experience. But I feel that at some point you just have to say, now's the time to move forwards and look at what the situation could be in terms of you know PSG's longevity. Because if 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 one of the quote unquote bigger clubs wants him. Um, it's going to cost them a lot of money, but you could see him going. Do you know what? Actually, I might have a new challenge. Um, particularly, certain things. Nah, if, if, if if silver silver retires this summer or moves to Qatar or China, um, Marquinhos knows that he runs that defence, mm. and that's got to be something that's attractive. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, what did you what do you think, Rich? Are you a fan of Marquinhos? Absolutely, yeah. I think, especially with the captaincy, he's really I think he's thriving with that. Mm. Um, I think he's there for the long haul. Um, Silva just put him out to pasture in the summer. I think it's his contract mm-hmm. up in the summer as well. He goes out to pasture in the summer. Cavani goes. You have a big celebration. You say goodbye to them both. Um, one I think has been. Fantastic. See, the other, I'd, I think, I'd has been Cavani. okay. Yeah. Well, that's that, yeah, but he uh, Cavani won't want to stay. That's the that's no, the thing. Cavani that, won't yeah. want to stay. He wanted he wanted to go in January, and was yeah. was effectively, um, yeah. That 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 request was effectively dismissed. He'll he'll go in the summer. Him him and Silver, I think, you know, they've they've been brilliant for PSG over the years. I've, I've become such a when Cavani joined, I was part of the the sort of brigade that sort of. Um, pompously scoffed as he missed chance after chance, but I've grown to love Cavani, and especially mm. in that PSG team, as we saw last night, where they make it so hard to like so many players in that team. <laughs> Cavani just stands head, shoulders, miles, kilometers, feet, inches, centimeters, millimeters above everyone else in mm. that club. Uh, it, but it's it also, as I said, it's going. he does the hard yards, mm. which. Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria to an extent 
don't do so much. You can you can count on him to be back putting in a reducer if the other team's got a corner. You know, I think that is one of the many things that endears him to the PSG faithful is he looks like he cares and he shows it every time he moves. It's not just when he takes a shot, it's everything. So that, I think, is something that they will miss. And I hope they find someone else who can, you know, scratch that emotional itch, as it were. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure Ricardi is that type of personality. Well, so. uh, that, that will, I think that will make, that will make PSG um, their summer recruitment quite key, I think. So to mm. lose Cavani, and as you said, rightfully, he, he does defend from the front. Yeah. So I think to lose him um, and what he can bring in terms of that aspect, I mean, they're sorted in terms of goals, obviously, clearly. But in terms of, of that kind of attribute, that sort of workhorse approach, get willing to get back, it does mean they're going to have to get their recruitment right. Because I don't see them um, like for like replacing Cavani, unless, of course, one of the big boys goes. Um, so I think personally, they need to make sure that they're getting that midfield recruitment right. Mm. Because, you know, Gay and, and Verratti, fine. Um, I don't think Marquinhos' long-term future is in midfield for PSG. I think he very much... Um, I think they need to work on establishing um, that partnership. I've got no problem if they're establishing that partnership with Kimpembe. Um, so I think they need to make sure that they're getting that midfield right so that they don't necessarily need to rely on um, someone tracking back in Cavani's style because I yeah. don't think they're going to get a... A replacement quite like that. Yeah, no. I mean the danger is the kind of defenders they've got at the moment are central or defensive, because you've got Sarabia's out on the wing and whatever. So it's a bit. There's a danger that you're going to have kind of a hole in the middle. So if the front guys aren't firing, there's a gap that can be exploited. So something to. And that's a question then of um, how do you set up? Because obviously Tuchel must be under massive amounts of pressure to play certain players. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it would be handy to have someone who could be a bit more of a 10, a uh, bit more of a kind of attacking midfielder without necessarily being a box office star. But if he you get few older players that, that will need to be looked at in, in the summer. That's probably a topic for another day. But yeah, it does seem that there may be a few things that will need to be addressed. But um, but nevertheless, PSG obviously are through. So that is great. Um, now, we don't know who they're going to draw. We don't know the future of the competition at the moment. We really don't know very much at this stage. I mean, um, we, we, we have, I think, a, a degree of... Um, public announcements, uh, Coupe de la Ligue final postponed. Yeah. Uh, Coupe de France, obviously, Saint-Étienne, sorry, Rich, uh, 1-2-1 against Rennes uh, with a 94th minute winner from Boudaboos, uh, which means that it will be PSG, Saint-Étienne in the final whenever that happens, because God knows. Um so, yeah, everything's kind of getting pushed. We've got this um, behind-closed-doors order until mid-April. Um, Macron has just been on um, France TV um, doing his State of the Nation, which mainly involved, please wash your hands and we're shutting all the schools. Um, didn't catch whether, obviously, whether Ligue will continue. Um, whether other competitions will continue is all something that's very up in the air at the moment. So at present, we've got a situation where there's a cup final, there's two cup finals happening sometime in the future, both of which involve PSG. Um, and uh, we wait to see when those are actually going to be scheduled. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very tough situation. I think a lot of leagues are under... Uh, Lots of pressure. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously the financial pressure of keeping going versus the 
in a sense, moral pressure of looking after their fans and yeah, staff and players. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's not just it's not just the fans. It's the, yeah. it's the players, the staff, and everything. We and we're seeing more and more players yeah. being. I mean, there was a scare about Mbappe, who turns out he just had a sore throat, but. Yeah. A couple of players in in the UK have been um, diagnosed in Italy, so you know this is all going to get, in a sense, more complicated before it levels out. I think. Um, yeah. One thing we saw recently was um, the was the tournoi de France uh, for the women, um, and France have won that. Uh, they beat Canada one 0 with a Vivian. Say free kick. Uh, they beat Brazil 1 0 with a Valerie Govan goal. And on Tuesday, they drew 3 3 with the Netherlands. Of course, the Euro holders, uh, in what looks like it was a fairly chaotic chaotic game, but they already knew they'd won. So I think um, uh, Diakra uh, changed things up a little bit. So uh, from the women's point of view, they've won there. Uh, local tournament while um, various other uh, spring break tournaments are on and we've got hopefully this weekend if things aren't postponed uh, the clincher in Divan uh, PSG-OL in uh, game 17 of the Women's League because OL are three points ahead of PSG if PSG can get them it's going to be very very interesting for the end of the season because they do tend to win everything else so um we've got some some interesting things on the women's point of view as well coming up so keep an eye out this weekend for psgol uh which should be a cracking game if it happens yeah, yeah, very much so. And and as we said earlier on, we're very much sort of not sure at the moment. La Liga and uh, the Portuguese Liga, Liga Nosh has been suspended uh, in the US. Some of the NBA and the NHL have been suspended. Um, and quite annoying. Yeah, MLS has as well. MLS has gone, yeah. WrestleMania is the one I'm worried about, Rich. I'm, I'm very upset about that. Um, but yeah, so. You so, and Gibney. Yeah. So all we can really do is is look back at um, the, the the action that was played at the weekend. Um, just just sort of cherry pick a, a couple of results. Um, Rich, I will just cherry pick the first one from the weekend. Marseille, Amiens, two two. Um, this all seemed to be going according to plan for Marseille. <laughs> two goals up, Sanson and Payet with the goals before Girassi scored a penalty after a, an absolute cluster mess at the back for Marseille. And then in pretty much the last kick of the game, Samuel Godosh with the equaliser having suspected maybe a foul in the builder. Oh, did you see? I think that I don't know who it was. I think it was Lekeep, um, did a headline before the game, which was uh, Amiel are waiting for Godosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it writes, it writes itself. I'm sorry. It writes but, itself. Yeah, I'm sure the OM fans were livid about the whole situation. Yeah. No, did you did you take it in, Rich? Did you manage to watch this game? I, I caught the second half, which I think was the right one to catch, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I did. I, I, the wobble's coming. The wobble mm. is coming for Marseille. Um, as I've said for a while, they've, they've, they've not been playing particularly well for quite some time now, and and results are starting. So they got a win um, in Nîmes the week before, but the results are just starting to not be those grind out the win. Uh, it felt like it was going to go that way, but at the back, it was always just something at the back of your mind, thinking if Amiens could just get one. Yeah. How how would Marseille cope? And ultimately, Amiens did get one, and Marseille couldn't cope. Mm. Um, Vyash Bas at, at full time decided I'm going to have it out with the referee um, stormed onto the pitch with his backroom staff and had a a, a tete-a-tete shall we say with uh, with the referee um, I mean he was Vyash Bas was furious <laughs> he was giving it both barrels was shown a yellow card kept going was shown a red uh, Marseille fans of course have been 
cool, calm and collected about the whole thing, as I'm sure everyone could probably expect. But it's, it's, you can't just go marching onto the pitch and just be hurling abuse at the referee. Unfortunately, the team didn't play well enough over 90 minutes. They threw the result away. That's how it goes. I mean, there's been plenty of decisions that have gone Marseille's way this season. Again, Marseille fans, I'm sure, will hit me with plenty of examples where it hasn't. But as I say, I, I'm just a Marseille fan. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried the performances just aren't up to scratch. And now they're, you know, letting leads like this slip. And they should never be letting a two-goal leads slip at home to Amiens. Amiens, who, for my reckoning, are pretty much dead and buried, uh, or certainly getting towards that way. For me, it, it should never happen. You know, 84th minute... They're 2-0 up. They should be closing that game out. They haven't. Gave away a silly uh, silly penalty. Um, and then it just crumbled. Um, so, yeah, Marseille are very much in danger of, of this becoming something a little bit more terminal. So, they really need to, uh, as I said before, I think it was after the, after the Nantes game. I think it was the Nantes game where they lost at home. They, um, they need to make sure that the next game... The, not only is the result right, but the performance and, and attitude from these players needs to be better. Because if it isn't, then this becomes something worrying for Marseille in this crucial part of the season. Yeah, yeah, it can get long-term a little bit worse. Um, and skipping sort of ahead to the, the last game of the weekend before I fill in the blanks, Phil, uh, we saw a, a 1-0 win for Lille over Lyon on the Sunday night game. Um, didn't quite live up to expectations, but sorry, Remy... Uh, popping up with the winning goal, um, good celebrations in that one as well, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of more drop points for Leon, who dropped to seventh. But um, all of a sudden, Lille are chasing hard at, at Rennes just above and, and Marseille in second. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't see this one. Uh, I, I will, I will let you off this one in that case. Uh, <laughs> I was recovering after the whole, you know, Rennes Montpellier. The one we'll come on to. Yeah, the one we'll come on to. Uh, come on to next. Um, Rich, did you see the Lille? Did you see the Lille game on the Sunday? Did you did you say that one in? Sure, a little bit. It, it was it was a bit. As you say, it was a bit underwhelming. Um, from a Ren perspective, slightly annoyed um, that that Leon couldn't uh, couldn't get an equaliser. But again, you know, Lille are sort of taking over that mantle from Marseille of. Well, they're play. They are. They're not taking over the mantle from Marseille. Let me just go back on that completely, actually, because they are playing. <laughs> they're playing better. They're, I still think. I think I've said this before about Lille. I still think they're playing within themselves. Mm. I do think there's more to see from this Lille team. Um, there is something slightly reserved about the way that they play. Um, that you know, they 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 feel like they're in second gear and they just can't seem to find that third gear or they don't want to find that third gear um, because if they do I think they could they could easily make up that points difference to Marseille I think I think the quality is there in that Lille team to, to do um, to do that but yeah it just it, it felt underwhelming um, you know very disappointing performance from Lyon um, you know they just didn't seem to have any zip about them any life about them? It, it's a it's a big game, you know. Leon uh, will be very much looking to to uh, to play a little bit of catch up on on the teams such as Lille above them. Um, but it just it never felt that they really really wanted that. No. Um, you know, I'd have expected a little bit more bite, a little bit more quality ultimately from Leon, and it just it just wasn't there. Um, and it felt like ultimately Leon just picked them off without again, ever having to, to move anywhere near towards that third gear. So it was, a, as I say, slightly disappointing game from a Ren perspective, slightly disappointing result. I was really, really hoping for that draw. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's another good and another important three points for Lille. Yeah, they should. They probably should have got the draw as well because in the last minute, I think, was it Max Cornet sort of cut inside and fired a ridiculously high over the bar and it, was, it seemed easier just to slide it in the far corner. So, yeah, probably should have been a draw. Um, we'll, we'll go to that wound then, Phil, the day before. Oh, sorry, the, the, the few hours before, I should say. Um, 
Ren taking Montpellier apart, 5 0. Um, I still, what the, I mean, the fuck, what? Um, didn't see it coming, so not by 16 five. shots to 11, fine. On target, 9 to 1, not good. Uh, Geronimo really is a very good goalkeeper and seemed to have an absolute shocker this time. Two penalties in the second half for the fourth and fifth goal. I mean, what the hell were they doing? I'm, yeah, I'm a bit lost about this one and yeah. saddened and, you know, but Damn. whatever. Whatever. What was, what's the, um, from, I guess, from a, a Ren perspective, which I mean, obviously, the result that you would have wanted. With with the disappointment of the of the, the cup game midweek, I guess it is all out Champions League fight now, isn't it for for Ren? That's that's going to be the mission, surely. Mm. Absolutely, uh, and again, similar to clubs I've mentioned already this evening, it was all it was all about the performance. They need to get the result, but the performance needs to be there as well. I think Ren have been quite drab um, in a few too many matches recently for my liking. So to come out and yes, they were aided by and this um, a pretty a pretty below palm. Although, although there was a bit Bedford of an effort, there was a bit and, of yeah. part in the first half from from Montpellier. There was you know they put up a bit of a fight and there was a, a little bit of life left in them in the second half. But I was really impressed with Ren. I I didn't see that coming, but that was a that was a re- especially. Um, it was it was the manner. It was the fact that everybody seemed to be on their game. Um, I thought the opening goal from Moassa was fantastic. Weaker foot, um, really good finish. Um, I thought that was Flaviante's best uh, best game for Ren by miles. Um, I can only there's only so many superlatives I can describe for the, how much I'm enjoying watching <laughs> that and Zonzi Camavinga partnership. Yeah. And Zonzi is he's so classy. He's, he's so much quality for that particular position because he just mops things up in front of that defence. Um, you know, Nanyon and, and, and De Silva have their flaws um, and Zonzi is just... I can watch him all day just mopping up attacks like that. And by, by taking that responsibility off Camavinga, we're able to see a, a slightly different side to Camavinga. He doesn't need to be herring around trying to mop things up in defence and have that... He can get the ball and he can go forward. And he has that in his game. You know, we saw for the, I think it was Flaviante's goal, actually. You know, he got the ball from, I think it was just inside the Montpellier half. And he took it and he ran. He took it past players, took players on, and then found the pass to Tay that resulted in the goal. So I'm really, really enjoying that. We're definitely going to get the most and, and the best out of Camavinga by him learning, playing, having some responsibility taken off him by Nzonzi. It, it's, it's a fantastic partnership um, and an absolute delight to watch. Um, through uh, Winning 5-0, for me, that's the biggest and most pleasing thing about that performance was that partnership. Mm. Um, you know, that's, easy, that's easily missed in a 5-0 win. But if you, go, if you can go back and watch, I think I... Um, Tweeted out. You've, um, you've somebody had put together this a, several times, haven't you? Somebody, some, somebody had put <laughs> together a, a highlights package of, of Camavinga's performance in that game, and I would urge you to go and find it and watch it because it's a side of Camavinga's uh, game that I don't think we've seen enough of, and that's not his fault. That's the way that Ren have played yeah. and the responsibility he's had to take on himself. And Zonzi's in that team now with all the experience that he's got, World Cup winner he can take that pressure off. And the partnership from him, you know, sort of student master kind of thing. And Nzonzi just letting Camavinga off his reins slightly, it, it is fantastic to see. Um, and I think it, it may, may very well prove one of the most crucial things for Ren in this run-in. Because certainly of the three team, of, of certainly, sorry, of the two teams, um, in terms of Ren and Lille currently fighting it out for, for third spot, Ren have the trickier run-in. Um, Marseille have a pretty horrendous run-in themselves. Um, so second isn't necessarily um, out of the question at the moment. Um, but, you know, I, I can 
I could probably only go this far because I could spend a lot longer <laughs> talking about how impressed I was with that performance. But it, that and Zonzi partnership with Cameron Inga, my goodness, it's it's so good to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's fair to say that that race is shaping up to be quite the thing. Um, so we shall keep close tabs on that. Um, a couple of other results just to rattle through. As we mentioned previously, PSG Strasbourg was postponed. Um, we saw Nice beat uh, Monaco 2-1. A good result that for Patrick Vieira. And then uh, Dolberg with another couple of goals in that one. Yeah, but uh, a 93rd minute winner. Yes, So absolutely. I'm sure Vieira's um, blood pressure was... Simmering through the roof at one point, yeah. Um, especially as Monaco had, had uh, Stephen Jovetic sent off late as well, which ultimately cost them. Uh, Dijon won, but it's against Toulouse, so does that really matter? I'm not sure. Uh, there was a wonderful quote from uh, Baptiste Drenet, um, after that game when he was asked about Toulouse's uh, league position, which just to confirm they have 13 points was I don't have a very good feeling about this no I, I think he I don't think he's alone in that in that <laughs> assessment um he is the goalkeeper however so 58 conceded yeah not not ideal I think it's yep. fair to say um they are league de bound uh unfortunate for them um but yeah 2-1 win for Dijon Mendil and Aguero with the uh, with the winner um after was Wagga, yeah, I can never say that. Wagga, um, he got the the level at one point until he hung out all the flags, but it, it didn't last, unfortunately. Um, also, Angers won two 0 at home to Nantes. Uh, Nantes fall just falling away a touch. Uh, Bobby Shaw and Thomas with the goals there for Angers. Good win that for the uh, for the home side, um, which just sort of um, just just kind of edges them that little bit higher up once again. I don't think they're in any danger of that three straight wins pretty much secures them. I say secures, near enough secures. Uh, Mets also winning at home. Jez would have been pleased with that. Um, yeah, I, just, and I, I have to make an apology after predicting a punch-up, mm. uh, which Jez rightly called me out on. There were no bookings in that game. No, no. Two one. Mets go. versus Nîmes. 2-1. No cards. Rudy Bouquet, the referee. And a good, very, very good result. So get so with the opener for, for Non-Luca Doe with the equaliser for Neem for uh, Boye with the winner with nine minutes to go. Um, but yeah, Matt's uh, second win in a row. They're now 34 points. Um, starting to pull away from that bottle end. Um, home wins is obviously what's going to be key for them. Um, and we also saw Ralphs continue there fantastic season and run there's they've secured fifth or secured fifth place on goal difference for the time being from nice with a one nil home victory over brest with the winner from toure they also survived the red card for conan with 20 and, minutes left as well uh Rykovic, who made had a wonderful performance last weekend uh with a penalty save as well mm. to uh keep mass in it so he's possibly sticking his name in the hat for goalkeeper of the season at the end of the year as well. I think he's I think he's already got it if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. Well yeah. we all know who but he's got well, his yeah. name in the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's, he has been superb, especially of late, um really has been noticed. So fair play to him. Um the final game of the weekend was St Etienne, or that we haven't covered anyway, St Etienne and Bordeaux one one. Uh, not really a result that, that particularly suits uh, either side, but particularly St Etienne who still fumbling and bumbling their way through the season. Um, I think we probably said all we needed to say about them last week, but yeah, not not a result that suits either side. Josh Madger mm. with the... Still no Ruffier. No, that's... Kamara getting on. sent off. Yeah. All no, things are not good. Not Rosie in the Garden of Puel. Um, at least, I mean, obviously they've got that cup final, but they will be heavy underdogs for that particular game. So, oh, yeah, we, I mean, we know exactly how that cup final is going. It's going the same as every <laughs> other PSG Santessian game yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. It's going to be a 5 0 PSG win. Sadly, I, I can't can't offer a, 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 def- a case for the defence on that one. So, yeah. Yeah, not, not great. The, the weekend that was in, in the Gar. Now, as Phil mentioned earlier on, yeah, as it stands, we have a fixture list for the weekend. Um, whether that, excuse me, whether that continues, we shall see. But uh, Leon hosts Ram on Friday or tomorrow at time of recording. 
Um, Montpellier Marseille is the 4:30 game on Saturday. Nantes Nîmes, Amiens Angers, Toulouse Metz, Brest Lille, and Strasbourg Dijon are the games on Saturday. Strasbourg's home game with PSG was called off last week, so we imagine the same happen again this week. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, Sunday scheduled is Bordeaux Rennes at two, Monaco Saint Etienne at four, and PSG Nice at eight. So as I say. We don't really know what's going to happen at this stage. Um, just to kind of uh, finish up this weekend, I know we have kind of touched on what is going on in terms of the European action at the moment, in terms of the football and this virus and whatnot. There is there's, a, there's an unconfirmed reports from I think it's RMC reported this afternoon that that UEFA are going to make the, the call that the Euros to be postponed until 2021. Um, how does that? Rich, I'll come to you first. How do you think that affects the French national side in terms of you've got a World Cup to prepare for the following year? Um, we've got the situation right now where you know we, we just don't know what, where the squad could be at this point. Do they play friendlies in the meantime? Like, what, what do you think? How do you think this has an effect? And bear in mind as well, we've got the I, I believe it's next season, isn't it? The, the Qatar, no, sorry, it's two seasons time, isn't it? When the season's going to be disrupted again with the whole Qatar issue. Where do you sort of sit on this? Obviously, we've got to take precautions. It's got to be a sensible option. But would you be in favour of it going to next year? Uh, I think it has to. There's, I don't. I don't see there being any other alternative. No. Um, you know, with with leagues around Europe already having been postponed, and many more, I would imagine, to follow. You know, these fixture lists are already congested, congested, congested enough as it is. We're now going to have to try and squeeze, you know, a m- potentially a month's worth, maybe even more. It, you know, these, these games are going to be running long into the summer, these mm. seasons. So there's going to be no other option, I think, than to move it. I think UEFA just need, um, I think they are having this call with executives from um, the various football associations. I think they've said that it'll take them five days to get this conference call together, which is some wonderful UEFA efficiency. Um, but I think ultimately it's FIFA that have to sanction it because next summer is the Club World Cup, uh, which is obviously a FIFA tournament. So FIFA needs to be the ultimate um, you know, sanction master on this. So there's so much protocol and so little clarity on, on so much from the governing bodies when we really need it. You know, football as a sport needs clarity, needs firm leadership, oh. strong leadership, and it's it sadly just doesn't seem to be coming. So, in terms in terms of the European is... Championships, that's that's the only option. I don't see any other way it can play. So, in terms of how it affects France, well, Deschamps, I don't think will have too many issues with it. From us as as certified Olivier Giroud fans. It puts us slightly more alarming that it's mm-hmm. another year. We have to wait to see if he can get, um, you know, that that European Championship medal to go with his World Cup winning one that we'd all love to see him have. So there's that. That's that's you know from a, you know, slightly um, flippant point of view, shall we say? But it's from a practical point of view, that's the only option. I don't think, as I say, um, from a French perspective, it would have too much. Um, it certainly would. It would certainly would give those those players who are perhaps just breaking into that team. Obviously, it gives them would give them another year um, to to sort of bed in and get in and amongst uh, the squad. Um, you know, Deschamps will have a plan for this. In Deschamps, we trust ultimately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it does seem like a a weird old time, though, doesn't it, Phil? Really, with this yeah, whole situation. Okay. And this is the thing, it, we've got a, in a sense, a fast-moving situation and politics in general does not react fast. And mm. I think that's what we're seeing now is not kind of panicked in the sense of panic buying, but panic in the sense of we have to make a decision now. This can't be, we'll do this in 18 months there has to be decisions made in the matter of the next week, next days. Mm. And that's what we're seeing. So I think if you, the Euros are postponed, 
that would be sensible. Obviously, it's a kick in the teeth for everyone who's actually managed to fight their way through the uh, UEFA ticket portal, but that's what happens. And bear in mind that AFCON is happening this this summer as well, and there's much less of an issue in Africa at the moment about the coronavirus. So, you know, there will still be football. There will be catch-up games from this season going on until probably October or so, um, depending on when everything gets back kind of to semi-normal. I think we've just got to accept that for the next couple of months at least, things are just going to be a bit weird. Mm. And, And... we can be annoyed about that, but the main thing is, you know, it's bigger than this. Yeah, safety. and safety. And yeah, and everybody's saying, oh, the you know the PSG fans outside the stadium last night. We go, we'll be fine. Yeah, uh, statistics say if you're up to twenty to forty, you you've got a zero point two percent chance of dying if you actually get infected. Fine. It's not you you should be worried about. It's not us we should be worried about. It's the people we might potentially infect by contact who might be older or have existing health issues Mm. um, or be immunosuppressed. And therefore, this whole thing about, you know, social distancing, which, to be fair, as an introvert, I've been doing for 20 years already, um... You know, we're just going to have to be sensible about it and not bulk buy toilet paper, but also not go out and assume we can go to football matches or Cheltenham or whatever, uh, Mm. regardless of the impact it might have on other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as I think you both said it, well, I think all we can do is is wait and see. Um, we, we will obviously will sort of stay vigilant as best we can. Um, if if there is football next week, then obviously we will pod. If there isn't, then we won't. Oh, yeah, we'll 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 say. stick up a and a, a you know a, a life affirming gif of a hamster or something. Yeah, Just yeah. To make, I mean, make sure everybody. And this thing, I'm I um I'm in a, a network of um, um, anglophone women in Montpellier, and we've had to cancel some events because we don't think it'd be right to have big events. So I've actually set up a, a virtual pub quiz, which we're going to be having, um, where everyone could log in, I'll ask questions, and everybody beeps, and you know. Think about other things you can do to interact with other people because if we all just end up working from home for the next four months, we're all going to go insane, frankly. Yeah. So, we'll um, to, yeah. We'll uh, virtual out. pub quiz. That's we'll the plan. Old, um, old videos of, of League and Seasons from <laughs> back to the days when there was more than one team winning a title. But, um, oh, did I go there? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah Bordeaux. We, yes. We can, um, I mean, we, we can, we can do what we can do, but I think, I think you're both, both absolutely right. I think the, the priority now is everybody is safe and, and sound and hopefully in time things will continue to, uh, to improve. Um, but yeah, I think that's as much as we can say. Just one final thing, actually, I just want to ask you, Rich, in terms of the situation, the Champions League, um, we did, I think Phil did mention it earlier on, that the situation with the Leon Juventus game, we do expect that to be postponed ahead of it. Has, it, ha- it that has, has been already. postponed. Yeah. Has been. Okay. Yeah. Um, does that benefit OL in any way, do you think? I've not, I've, to be honest, Depends I don't think it makes a blind but, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it makes too much of a difference to, to Leon. Obviously, the longer it's postponed, well, to be honest, yeah, I don't, ultimately, I don't see it making much of a difference. I, the, my, yeah, the big concern here is I've no idea when this gets played. If mm. it gets played, do the Italian teams, will they be, I don't know, will it come to the point where they're almost mandated to withdraw from these competitions? Um, Inter Milan in the Euro, uh, uh, UEFA uh, Youth League, they withdrew. They were, they were due to mm. host uh, Rennes in the mm. second leg of their, their fixture. 
but um, they've, they've withdrawn league. from that. There's yeah. but that's, not yeah. much money in the youth league. That's all. Well, of course, of course. But is is it is it going to eventually end up with something to that extent? Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? There's there's still so much speculation because, as I say, it comes back to there's so little coming down from from those in the sort of position of absolute power. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that will will run and run. Um, we shall see. Uh, one thing you you can be sure of is that it's a bit. Everything's a bit chaos at the moment. I think it's fair to say. And hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, things will get back to normal um, very soon. But um, we will leave it there. Um, it would be ironic, of course, that the one season PSG overcome the big ones. The competition didn't continue, but that's again for a rainy day. Um, well, as I say, we will plan to be back next week. Uh, as I say, we, you know, stay tuned, essentially. Um, if there's football, we'll be here. If there's not, then don't expect us. That's all we would say. Um, but until then, if there is football, enjoy it. Uh, my thanks very much to Rich and to Phil for your time this evening. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, enjoy whatever we have to watch at the weekend. Uh, if not, we'll get on the pub quizzes. Uh, until next week, if there is a next week, we'll speak to you very soon.